0: My name is Rick Renner. Today, I'm in ancient Ephesus, and it's hard to believe it, but I'm seated on the ruins of the once great Temple of Artemis, which was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And now there's nothing left. It is just a pile of rocks, a dilapidated temple, a dead religion that was killed by the preaching of the gospel. That is the power of the gospel. It drives out darkness. But 2,000 years ago, when the gospel first came to Ephesus, this was a massive temple filled with pagan worshipers who were worshiping the goddess Artemis. A monumental statue of Artemis stood in the middle of this temple. Where that swamp is today, that is exactly where this goddess once stood. But this goddess is gone, and Jesus is still Lord. Amen. But right now, the whole world is getting ready to celebrate Halloween. You know, when we look at places like this, we think, oh, it was so evil. It was filled with so much demonic activity. But what about right now? Right now, people are getting ready to dress up like devils, witches, goblins, all kinds of creatures, and they think that it's funny. But really, is Halloween funny? Where did Halloween begin? Who initiated Halloween? What's happening on October 31st, all over the world in dark places? We need to know what Halloween really is. And I think if you really understand the history of Halloween, you will probably ask why did we ever celebrate this demonic activity? It's certainly not something for committed Christians. But what should we do? If our neighbors are celebrating Halloween, what are we supposed to do? If we have relatives whose kids are celebrating Halloween, what about our kids? What do we do? That's what
1: I'm going to deal with today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. We're going
0: to have a blast today. Today, I'm going to cover the history of... Halloween. I have never done that before, but I believe it's going to be quite enlightening for you. And please, if you're watching this on social media, help this go viral because people need to hear what really is the history of Halloween. You know, Denise and I and our family, we live in Russia. And when we moved to this part of the world, they had never even heard of Halloween. But today, America has exported it to the ends of the earth and young people are beginning to celebrate Halloween even in Russia. Ay, yay, yay. When you understand the history of Halloween, it is really a very sinister event that Christians do not need to participate in. Anyway, today I'm going to be giving you the history of Halloween its going to be a lot of fun. But if you need prayer, we're here for you. Please contact us right now. Just call the number on the screen or send us an email. And as soon as the phone rings and we take your call, or as soon as your email shows up in our inbox, we're going to take it and we're going to begin to really put our faith out there for you, for whatever it is you're facing in your life. It would simply be an honor to receive your phone call or your email. And remember, that we're offering you my series called Trick or Treat, A Christian Response to Halloween. It's five parts. It comes in multiple formats, and it comes with a study guide. The two of these together are so good. Right now, so many people are getting ready to celebrate Halloween, and a lot of Christians ask, what are we supposed to do with this? Well, we don't want to be judgmental of others that are celebrating Halloween. Maybe you have light, and you understand you shouldn't do that. Maybe they don't have light. Certainly, you don't want to be judgmental of anybody, but you need to know what should be your personal response to Halloween. That's why I want you to have the series, Trick or Treat, A Christian Response to Halloween. And since we're talking about the devil and devilish things, you need to have my book called Dress to Kill, A Biblical Approach to Spiritual Warfare and Armor. The back of the book says it is a classic on spiritual warfare. And if you don't have a copy of Dress to Kill, please order your copy. Order it right now. We're offering it today and tomorrow, and that's it right now. But this is a book that you need. It will really equip you for dealing with the devil and keeping him under your feet. We're not trying to get him under our feet. He is under our feet. This book will help you keep him there. And it deals with the weapons of warfare, which God has given to us. The full title is, You Don't Have to Take It Anymore. Because you are dressed to kill. We're talking about doing in the devil. Anyway, order your copy today. But reach for your Bible. We always use the Bible in this program. And today we're going to return to the verse in 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, which really is our anchor verse for this series. So far, we've seen in program number one that the devil is not funny. If you didn't see program one, please go back to the archives or buy the series. In program number two, we saw how the early Christians responded to pagan celebrations. They did not celebrate them. Yesterday, I asked you, is Halloween for you? Based on what the scripture says and how we should avoid pagan celebrations, is Halloween for you something that you should be celebrating? And today we're going to see the history of Halloween. But let's begin in First John chapter 5, verse 21, the very last verse of 1 John, where John concludes by saying, Little children, keep yourself from idols. We saw that the word keep is the word fulasso, which means to shield yourself, to protect yourself, or to guard yourself. And the tense that is used requires ongoing vigilance. In other words, it's not just one time being careful. It is continually being careful, continually guarding yourself. He says, keep yourself consistently from idols. And we saw that the word from is the Greek word, apo, which implies intentional distance. Well, the only way you're going to have intentional distance from wrong things is if you are intentional. So he's saying intentionally, put distance between yourself and idolatry or anything that is evil, and he ends it with the word amen. The word amen means so let it be. It's an emphasis marker to emphasize a statement of great importance. And here is the expanded RIV of this verse. Somebody wrote and said, wow, the RIV is huge in this verse when 1 John 5.21 in King James is so small. Well, that's just the way it is. The RIV is Renner's interpretive version. We take all the concepts in the Greek and we put them all into it so you get the full impact of what's being said. And in 1 John 5:21, the RIV says, "...little children, I immediately order you to withdraw from idols. Those idols and what they represent are so evil that you need to seriously guard yourself against them and to stay away from them altogether." I'm leaving no wiggle room on this issue. I'm absolutely and emphatically ordering you to immediately put as much space as possible between yourself and idols. They are evil and represent a menace to your life, so you must urgently guard against them. What I'm telling you right now is not open for debate and is not optional. It is an order that I'm fully expecting you to obey. In fact, to underscore the seriousness of what I'm telling you, I'm even adding an amen to stress the point. I expect you to explicitly obey my instructions on this issue and do it now. Wow, that's pretty strong. John says, put space between yourself and anything that is pagan. But right now, people all over the world, are getting ready to celebrate Halloween and I want to give you my childhood story. When I was a boy, we celebrated Halloween. We loved Jesus. We went to church. My parents led me to the Lord. The Bible was very center in our life and in our family, but we really didn't have a revelation about Halloween. We didn't have a revelation about the devil. In fact, we thought if people talked about the devil, there was something psychologically wrong with them. We just didn't have a revelation about the devil. You know, the Bible tells us in Hosea 4, 6, "...my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge." And sometimes people participate in evil, destructive things simply because they don't have knowledge. Well, when I was a child, we just didn't have a revelation of those things. And we participated in Halloween. And every year on October 31st, I dressed like a devil or I dressed like a spook. My sisters also dressed in their costumes. We got our big brown paper sacks walked out the front door as soon as it began to turn dark and we began to walk up and down the streets in our neighborhood, knocking on the door saying trick or treat. Oh, how we loved Halloween because we would fill our bags with candy. Then we would come home. We would pour all the candy out on the floor, just elated. And we would start all over again. And I remember thinking, where did all these kids come from? because it looked like there were hundreds of kids on the street. I'd be interested to know what it was like for you when you were a child. Send me your memories. If you're watching on social media, write your comments and tell me what it was like for you when you were a child. And in preparation for Halloween, my mother would give me construction paper, and I would cut out witches on brooms, goblins, jacket lanterns, all these things and paste them with tape all over the front picture window of our house. We wanted to really be ready for Halloween. And even when Denise and I got married and we were leading the single adult ministry in a big Baptist church many, many years ago, we were still so unenlightened about Halloween. We had a huge Halloween party where I encouraged everybody to show up looking like the devil or looking like demons. And hundreds and hundreds of people came in the church dressed like demons and devils as we Christians celebrated Halloween. Should we have been doing that? No, of course not. Of course not. But Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We just did not have light at that time that this was wrong. But when you understand the history of Halloween, wow, it sheds a lot of light on this subject. And today I have to refer to my notes because I have a lot of information to share with you. And I really studied this because I wanted to make sure that I gave you really good information. But listen to this. Occult activities are door openers to the spirit realm. They are not funny. They are dangerous. Now here is the history of Halloween. Halloween, which falls on October 31st, dates back thousands of years to a specific pagan festival. And the pagans believed, listen to this, the pagans believed that on October 31st, the veil between the worlds of the living and the dead, was the very thinnest. In fact, they believed that it was so thin that the dead could pass from the realm of the dead into the land of the living and could walk where they had once walked before they died. It actually was a celebration of necromancy. You say, well, what is necromancy? Necromancy is fellowshipping with the dead. It is entertaining the dead. It's actually fellowshipping with familiar spirits. But that really is where Halloween began. They believed that those who died in the past were able to move back into the land of the living. And early Christian leaders described the celebration as being dark, evil, sinister, and pagan. In the event, cattle were killed and the bones of the cattle were put into a big, big fire which was called a bonfire, and it's where we get the term for a bonfire. So if you're going to an event and everybody says, let's have a big bonfire, that word bonfire really comes from the phrase bonfire, which dates to these early pagan celebrations that fell on October 31st, Halloween. It's when the pagans would slaughter cattle, take their bones, put them into a fire, burn them in a bonfire, And that's where we get the term for a bonfire. Isn't that interesting? But they believed that the line between the natural realm and the spirit realm was very, very thin on October 31st. In fact, they believed it nearly evaporated and otherworldly visitors could pass across that line back into the realm of the living. And people welcomed them and even waited for them to show up if they were pagans. And... People even set out food for the dead. In many parts of the world where necromancy is practiced today, they still set out food for the dead. Here in the former Soviet Union, there's one day a year when people go to the cemeteries and people put out food for the dead at the cemetery. This is the practice of necromancy. It is occultism and it is very, very dark. And in Halloween, in the original years, The pagans would put out food for the dead. So when the dead showed up, they would have their favorite foods to eat. Everything about this was evil. Not only that, sometimes when the spirits appeared, they appeared as who they used to be. And at other times they appeared as monsters or they appeared as evil beings or devils. And the dead person, when he showed up, If he knew someone still living that had done wrong to him in life, he would begin to torture that individual. And so it became a very torturous night. And because of that, people who were living would use ashes to cover their face to try to disguise themselves. And this was called guising. And that's where wearing masks on Halloween first originated. Isn't that interesting? They covered their faces with ashes to disguise themselves because they were afraid of the dead that would show up. That's where the masks come from. I just think this is so interesting. The Catholic Church later turned it into All Hallowed Eve, which was a night to remember martyrs that had been slain for the faith. But the old pagan ways simply would not die And the bonfires continued to burn. And eventually this celebration was carried to the entire Western world. It was even carried to America. And it came to America in the mid-1800s. Now there are certain things that everybody thinks about when they think about Halloween. For example, the jack-o'-lantern. I remember when I was a boy, I loved jack-o'-lanterns. My mother would big, would buy big pumpkins, and we would labor over those pumpkins to try to make the best eyes and the best nose and a mouth with teeth, and then we'd put a candle in it. Where does a jack-o'-lantern come from? Well, it was based on a legend of a man called Stenzy, St- Stingy Jack. Who was a drunk con man who fooled the devil into banning him from hell. But because of his sinful life, he couldn't enter heaven either, so he just wandered the earth when he died as a dead spirit. And he carried a turnip that had been cut out like the face of a jacket lantern, and in the turnip, he had a single ember from hell, and he would use this as a lantern. To give him light when he walked in darkness, roaming eternally, perpetually in darkness. He couldn't go to hell. He couldn't go to heaven. He was trapped. And it became a tradition that if you would make a jack-o'-lantern and put it at the front of your house, it would protect you from evil spirits that were roaming the earth on October 31st, when that line between the spirit realm and the natural realm was so thin. It's very evil. Modern pagans... And witches still really celebrate October 31st as a high holy day for paganism and witchcraft. Neopagans and Wiccans. You say, what is a Wiccan? That's a witch. Neopagans and witches continue to celebrate Halloween as closely as possible to how it was first celebrated even thousands of years ago. And the simple theme of the moment for them to this very day is that on October 31st, the line between the spirit realm and the natural realm is so thin that you are able to lure the dead to cross over into the realm of the living, and you can interact with the dead on that night. Of course, the dead cannot pass over into the realm of the living. These are familiar spirits that are disguised to look like the dead. It is amazing. And the spirits disguise themselves very often to appear as the living. Sometimes they appear as demons. But really, these are familiar spirits. And to this day, neo-pagans and Wiccans still slaughter animals and burn their bones in a big fire, a bone fire, which we call a bonfire. The entire event, the entire event is designed to open a door to a dark spiritual realm. There is nothing funny about it. Halloween from its very inception, was evil, and it is evil to this very moment. So, in light of all of that history, I want to ask you seven questions. Are you ready? Knowing all of this, question number one. Would Jesus dress like the devil to celebrate Halloween? Would he? Question number two. Would Jesus dress like a witch to celebrate Halloween? Would he? Question number three Would Jesus dress like a ghost to celebrate Halloween? Question number four Would Jesus find demons or witchcraft to be entertaining? Very good question. Would Jesus find demons or witchcraft to be entertaining? Question number five, would Jesus' apostles encourage Christians to celebrate Halloween? Question number six, would New Testament Christians, New Testament Christians who had been delivered from paganism and darkness, would they think it was okay to celebrate pagan festivities? I hope you know the answer to that. I've spent three programs covering what was the New Testament believers' attitude toward pagan celebrations. And question number seven, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. How does the Holy Spirit feel living in you if you carry him into a dark pagan celebration where people dress like devils and witches and ghosts and goblins and demons? How does the Holy Spirit in you feel about that? Good questions. And remember Colossians 3, 17, it says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Can you do these things in the name of Jesus? You need to answer that question. But I want us to return to first John chapter 5, verse 21, and I want to read to you the RIV again because I believe the RIV, uh, 1 John 5, 21, really answers these questions for us. Listen to it again, little children. I immediately order you to withdraw from idols. Those idols and what they represent are so evil that you need to seriously guard yourself against them and to stay away from them all together. I'm leaving no wiggle room on this issue. I'm absolutely and emphatically ordering you to immediately put as much space as possible between yourselves and idols. They are evil and represent a menace to your life. So you must urgently guard against them. What I'm telling you right now is not open for debate, and it is not optional. It is an order that I fully expect you to obey. In fact, to underscore the seriousness of what I'm telling you, I'm even adding an amen to stress the point. I expect you to explicitly obey my instructions on this issue and to do it now. That's pretty strong. And I believe that verse answers all seven of these questions. Now I'm going to end with a little point of history. In the first century, Timothy was the pastor of the church in Ephesus. And he served as the pastor of that church for many, many years. But one day there was a big pagan celebration on Curida Street. Kurida Street was the most ancient central street in the city of Ephesus. And the pagan celebration was the equivalent of what we would call Halloween. The pagans came marching down the street, carrying big poles with effigies on the top, and they were dressed in all kinds of costumes. It really was a pagan celebration. Well, how do you think Pastor Timothy responded to that event? Did he just stand by the side and say, there's nothing harmful about this, just let them pass by? No. History says Timothy barged out onto the street. He rebuked them and told them to take off the masks, to lay down the effigies, to repent of this act because it was a pagan celebration that attracted demonic activity. How do you think those pagans responded to Timothy? Well, this is how Timothy died. History tells us they took their big poles with their effigies and they beat Timothy to death. Timothy was beaten by pagans who were wearing masks and carrying effigies it was the first century equivalent of Halloween. And that is how Timothy died, which I think is remarkable because earlier in his life, he had a spirit of fear. We know that from 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. But at the end of his life, he was as righteous as can be, as bold as a lion, came barging out onto the street and commanded them to stop these things. That's how Timothy died. He confronted the equivalent of a first century Halloween celebration. Wow. Well, I hope this has been interesting for you. I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you.
1: Halloween is widely celebrated in the Western world, but what should the Christian response to Halloween be? Although it may look like fun and games, there is a sinister evil behind Halloween, and Christians need to rethink their participation in such a holiday. There is no need to be condemning of those who celebrate it, but neither should a believer participate in it. In Trick or Treat, a Christian response to Halloween, Rick Renner delves into the subject of the occult and the need to refrain from anything that hints of evil. The devil is no joke. Demons are no joke. Witchcraft is real. Is this really something that Christians should participate in or celebrate? In this five-part series, Rick Renner covers the New Testament attitude toward the devil and demons, the reality of the demonic realm, The New Testament mandate to refrain from all occultic activities, the historical beginnings of Halloween. Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10, you'll be so glad you took time to digest this powerful series. In addition, you can also purchase the book Dressed to Kill. In this book, Rick answers questions about the often misunderstood subject of spiritual warfare. This comprehensive study teaches you how to put on the full armor of God and the importance of each piece of armor in defeating the enemy. This powerful book can be yours for just $22. Don't miss this special offer, the series Trick or Treat, a Christian response to Halloween, and the book Dress to Kill. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
0: Hey friend, this is Rick Renner. We have a need in our ministry and I need you to help meet the need. So please just for a moment, hear my heart. Our ministry is really growing. Wow, it is amazing what is taking place. People are reaching out to us from every nook and cranny around the world because they're receiving teaching that they feel they can trust. And they're calling us for prayer. What a responsibility to pray for people. They're calling us for resources. They're calling us for support. They are reaching out to us in multiple languages, in English and Russian, and in other languages from around the world. And God has given us the responsibility to minister to these precious souls. But we're growing so much that we have run out of space. We're bursting at the seams in our American office and we need a new building and we have found the building that we believe is ours and guess what? It's fully furnished. All we have to do is move in. And so I'm asking you to please pray about becoming a part of the giving team into this special expansion project. Just go online, you'll read there on our homepage how you can participate in this project or give us a call. I have so enjoyed today going over the history of Halloween with you. Please make this program go viral. People need to hear this information. The Bible tells us in Hosea 4:6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. People need to have knowledge about these things. So they don't open a door for the devil to invade their lives. But hey, please order the series. It's called Trigger Treat, a Christian response to Halloween. And it comes with the study guide. And right now we're also offering you my book, which is called Dress to Kill. Today and tomorrow is the last day that we're offering these. But Father, we thank you that the righteous are as bold as a lion. And I pray for my precious friend today to have the boldness to do what is right on the subject of Halloween. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'll see you tomorrow.